0: Thank you for listening, this podcast is the next in our series in the Ask a Scientist um, set of podcasts, and it's also in our series of Research and Action uh, podcasts as well. My name is Dr. Atasarajadini. I'm the Dean of the Charles Schmidt College of Science at Floralantic University, and I have with me Dr. Christina Spadola, Assistant Professor in the School of Social Work at Floralantic University. Hello, Christina. Hi, Doctor. I'd like to s- start by talking about what science is. Well, science is a tool to better understand the natural world. Well, how does it work? Well, it operates in the following way. We start with some observations, data that we're trying to understand. We come up with an explanation or a model or a theory to explain those observations. And then every good theory or or model has a prediction. And then the predictions are tested with the observations to see if they come true. If they don't, then we have to go back and redo our explanation. If they do come true, then we're good. The explanation is probably correct. That is how science operates. Now, what is research, and what is scientific research in particular? Scientific research is systematic work undertaken to increase the amount of knowledge we have. This includes all kinds of knowledge, not just science. Research includes knowledge in the area of culture or society or economics or philosophy and art. There's research to be done in all of those fields. In some cases, this new knowledge, this new research, um, can be used to develop new applications. And research can look different in different areas. There's many similarities between how research is done, say, in economics and the way it's done in philosophy. But There's also quite a few differences. Now, turning to our guest today, Dr. Christine Spadola. Her work is uh, focusing on sleep and its effect on our bodies and our behavior. Christine, welcome. Thank you, Atta. Could I have you first explain what your research is about, kind of the big picture view of what you work on?
1: Sure. My overall research interest is to investigate health promotion interventions that are accessible and feasible for underserved populations. And with that being said, I'm interested in looking at sleep as a modifiable behavior that could improve overall health and well-being and then therefore hopefully alleviate health disparities.
0: And so in terms of the paradigm I talked about earlier, what kind of data or observations are you working with in studying sleep?
1: Sure, there's different types of observations and to your point different fields have um, different kind of data that they work with. Um, Part of my research is to promote sleep health information dissemination and therefore to investigate if this is working. We do pre and post surveys So a survey before to assess knowledge, and then a survey afterwards to assess knowledge. Some of my other work that looked more at um, physiological aspects of alcohol, caffeine, and nicotine consumption on sleep, to investigate that, we used actigraphy, which is essentially, we could say somewhat like a Fitbit or a consumer wearable, but it's a wrist-worn accelerometer which measures sleep, and it provides an objective assessment of sleep.
0: Dr. Spadola, could you tell us a little bit about your work in the area of how alcohol, caffeine, and nicotine affect sleep?
1: So overall, before we did this research, I was investigating the literature, and there wasn't really too much out there investigating the impacts of these substances on sleep, and that surprised me. Um, we found that nicotine um, can greatly is greatly associated with sleep disruption, Um, especially among individuals with insomnia. We found that nicotine use was associated with uh, almost 43 minutes lower sleep duration. Um, And this was among a sample of about 800 individuals. So we, and we ended up having over 5,000 nights of data. Um, And we also found that alcohol was associated with sleep disruption. um, And this is consumed within four hours of bedtime. I think that's an important finding because it's, common belief that alcohol can help sleep. And research is pretty strong in the area showing that while alcohol can help you get to sleep faster, which in the sleep field, we call that um, sleep onset latency. um, It is associated with more disrupted sleep in the second half of the night.
0: So that's an interesting result that in a way goes against uh, common belief, which is that if I drink a glass of wine before bed, it'll help me sleep and sleep longer. Given your findings, Christine, how would you advise people in terms of alcohol consumption before nighttime or before bedtime?
1: Correct. So well, I do have to say, of course, we know there's a lot of individual variability in there. So of course, just I would say first, find out when you sleep well and when you don't and look at your behaviors before then. But in general, just looking at what the research supports, um, avoiding alcohol before bed or close to bedtime is really the best way to get a better night's sleep.
0: And considering that we spend essentially a third of our life sleeping, Mm -hmm. what do you think our listeners should know about how best to improve their sleep so that their overall quality of life is improved? Great.
1: Um, One of the overarching sleep health recommendations would be to maintain a consistent sleep and wake time. Um, More and more research is is investigating our circadian rhythm and how our bodies react, but keeping our body on that sleep schedule, so maintaining a consistent sleep and wake time. um, And if you need to sleep in on the weekends, try to keep it under an hour of your normal wake time.
0: Yes, because people often talk about catching up on their sleep. Uh, on the weekend. And what you're telling me is that if you're gonna do that, don't, well, stay within about an hour beyond your typical sleep duration.
1: Exactly. If we sleep too much on the weekend, we could find that on Monday or on Sunday night, it's harder to get to sleep and therefore resetting the cycle. So you said it correctly.
0: Thank you. And just to finish up our, our recording, our podcast, Christine, what would you like the listeners to take away from the work that you're doing here at FAU? How is what you're doing impacting, you know, the general um, betterment of of society and our knowledge of of, of sleep and its impact on our lives?
1: Great. So just how important sleep is for overall physical and mental health. I just, I want that message to be spread. And also um, to just get individuals trained on how to, help promote sleep health, among others. Um, I'm really pleased um, I, along with a colleague, Dr. Danny Groton, also in the School of Social Work, we just received funding to develop an online sleep health module to educate social work students to promote sleep health among the underserved populations that they work with.
0: That's a very effective way of, of getting the word out. Thank about you. I hope so. the, the sleep behavior. Um, we've been talking to Dr. Christine Spadolin, assistant professor in the School of Social Work here at Floralang University. And we'd love to know what you think of this podcast, so we invite you to send us feedback by visiting our webpage and, and giving us your opinion at science.fau.edu. Thank you for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much.